and good evening and welcome back to the breakdown this is week three week I'm three Luke. and i'm kurt and we are so happy to have you back with us uh no matter where you're watching from uh we're so happy that we have been brought together by god yeah. and by this church and we're here to just dig in deeper into the truth that god has for um for us and i have i'm confident that even if you've stumbled across this video even if you're not part of his providence church that god orchestrated it so that you would have this word that you would hear this conversation for this time absolutely absolutely hey we're going to pray in just a moment here but we do want to take a moment to thank you so much for your feedback it is super helpful as we're beginning mm -hmm. this new project to hear from you whether it's on a sunday or a separate event or whether you're commenting on the bottom it's so helpful we're glad that uh, this program this opportunity is helping us all to dig deeper mm -hmm. like you said Luke, Absolutely. into the word of god to digest we had said at one of our very first shows i guess two weeks ago now <laughs> how much uh we meditate on this message that pastor's been preaching throughout the week so mm -hmm. why not do it together Absolutely. so we're glad to be in your living rooms or at work with you uh, in your houses and uh, we're going to go before the lord and just pray right now amen so father we trust you right now as we come today to rehearse the word that you brought to us on Sunday. Your word tells us that we are to study to show ourselves approved, a worker rightly dividing the word of truth. And we want to be those students dividing the word of truth. We want to be able to understand the truth of your word and apply it to our lives and have deeper intimacy with you. So thank you for this time as we uh, dive in and trust you for all that you have for us in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So on Sunday, Pastor Zach uh, preached preached a message called Check Your Baggage. Yes. Um, he talks about the rich young ruler. Um, Jesus was about to go on a journey, on a trip, and the rich young ruler catches up to Jesus, and he's basically, you know, throws himself at Jesus saying, like, I, with a posture of, like, wanting to follow Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And Jesus says, this one thing you lack, mm. you need to go sell all of your possessions, give it to the poor, and then come follow me. And Jesus says this in a very loving way. Yeah. The text actually emphasizes that. Yes. It's not like Jesus is saying, you must go sell your possessions and then follow me. Yeah. It's, he's saying this with a heart posture of That's love, right. of yeah. wanting the man to do this so that he could follow him. Mm. And the man goes away sad. Mm. And Jesus makes uh, the statement, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Yeah. And the, the crowd gasps like, who then can be saved? Yeah. Because they understood in that in that day and age, the eye of a needle was a small pedestrian gate in the wall, and a camel would never have been able to pass through it. It was for people to walk through at night after the main city gates had been closed. Mm. Um, if a camel were to go through it, you'd have to take all the stuff off, and the camel has to stoop down. So cool. so so the people understood this word picture. Yes. Yeah, it's so cool. I I really love that we're getting into this here because. Um, you know, you said that the scripture is clear that Jesus looked on him with compassion mm -hmm. and he loved him and he said to him, this one thing you lack. And, you know, before we get too far into tonight, really talking about the fact that there was one thing that this gentleman lacked. And a lot of times we read a scripture and, you know, Luke, we want to make an entire doctrine out of it. And we say, oh, Jesus must be saying, therefore, that the only way to really follow him is to be poor. Yeah. And I, I would say that even growing up, I had that conception that poor was somehow holier than rich. Yeah. 
or or even if you're going to go a step further and you're saying well not only am i going to follow jesus but i'm going to enter the ministry well now i'm going to take that vow of poverty and in fact there are many denominations yeah. that would say hey we're going to take that vow of poverty so on tonight's show we kind of want to break this down talk about finances right. right because jesus does do this he he does have what zach referred to as exacting exacting mm. discipleship can you he break that down for us so exacting discipleship it's jesus lays out very clearly what it means to follow him good and jesus is not content with just being a part of our life or having us follow him on our terms we surrender every aspect mm. of our life to him good. and he could he takes control of everything that has to do with us mm. our past our present our future and that's what zach's getting at is in order to follow jesus we have to surrender everything so but good. we have so many things that we want to keep for ourselves mm -hmm. and it's a it is a process <laughs> it is a process and god is patient in the process so we need to emphasize that yes remember jesus looks on us in love he does as he says this to us it's so true you know so as we kind of dive in and go into this issue uh, starting first and foremost with finances. You know, what Jesus was saying to this rich young ruler, he may not actually be saying to you. It's really important that it, it's, I wrote it in my Bible and you may wanna just highlight it in yours. Jesus looked on him with love and said, this one thing you lack, you lack. You lack. And so it may be that as we're following Jesus or when you tell Jesus you wanna come after him, he may put his finger on something and I think that for the rich young ruler, like with many of us, what happens is, you know, what did Jesus say in another passage? Where your treasure is, there your, your heart, heart will be also. Mm -hmm. And so for every one of us, because we work blood, sweat, tears, and we have a good foundation and work ethic, we know how much we've labored for our money. And so our money we hold so closely. And I really believe in studying out the scripture and in my own walk, we see how the Lord wants us to relinquish control over our finances and really it's the first place right of right. walking out discipleship right exactly and i i think that that's a very good fundamental topic to focus on in this discussion and zach got into it especially in the second service um the idea of surrendering our finances yes because that's a very big indicator of where our heart is if is. i look if you show me what you spend your time doing and what you spend your money on that says a lot about what you value um, and your perspective on, on finances. It's so true. And so, you know, I know personally for me, um, when I was coming back to the Lord after a period of rebellion, you know, I grew up in a Christian household. I was saved at a young age. And when I came back to the Lord after a period of rebellion, it was really interesting, Luke, because he, he had actually taught me how to release my finances. And it started in the area of tithing and giving. And you know, a lot of people still struggle. I mean, let's be frank, a lot of people still struggle coming to church, um, maybe especially in New England, or we have a lot of televangelists. So we're so used to hearing, you know, ministers talking about money. And I'm sure you hear it too. A lot of times we hear, well, I, I don't wanna go because all they do is talk about yep, money. I've had Fred say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and, and as, as followers of Christ, we have to break this down. We have to actually remind ourselves why we're doing that, why we're giving. And, and when you walk through the doors here at HPC, the very first thing that you see on the giving kiosk is give as the spirit leads you. However, there is an Old and New Testament principle of tithing. Right. Because if the spirit is leading us, if we, are really, if we really are being led by the spirit, we will give. Yes. 
And so just to quickly break down, you know, the concept of tithing, we have Malachi 310, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. We have the book of Hebrews where we're recounting when Abram won the battle, he paid a tithe to Melchizedek and Melchizedek was the type and shadow of Jesus. And so how much more now should we be tithing and bringing that whole tithe into the storehouse? And, you know, I just want to say this too. Um, I think every one of us probably has an example of maybe giving where somebody really kind of sucked it out of us. <laughs> it really drew it out of us like oh wow that really did emotionally or emotionally you. I've seen that manipulating and you know what's so beautiful Luke is that what did what did God tell Samuel when Samuel was kind of looking over the brothers he said no man looks at the outward appearance and God looks mm -hmm. at the heart and so if you gave out of a good heart God's going to honor that gift that you gave mm -hmm. and so what we believe here at, at at his providence church is the importance of putting that first fruits, honor the Lord with your possessions right. and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. And I love even a couple years back, Pastor Zach did the tithing challenge. I just thought that was so amazing because people get to learn, we get to learn what it means to sow and to watch the Lord work on our behalf. And I, I know personally, I'm sure you can attest as well, stepping out and being a cheerful giver and starting with the tithe, I watched the Lord blow the doors off, not just of my finances, but blow the doors off of every area of my life. Right. God started moving in areas of my life that I needed him to move in, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I was holding too closely on my finances. Well, that's what it says in, in 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 7, we mm. read, now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he has purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves um, a cheerful, cheerful giver. giver. And, and going back to the concept of tithing, um, you know, God in Malachi clearly says, like, will a man rob God? Mm. And that the people had robbed him uh, by not giving their tithes and offerings. Interestingly, we're told to give a tenth. That's not tied to a specific salary amount no. that a person makes. Yes. The command to tithe is for everyone. And that goes back to the idea that we all approach God with a posture of surrender, recognizing him as our source. Yeah. That's why it's not, it's not about a specific position on earth that then qualifies me to tithe. Mm. No, it's about my heart position before, before the Father. It's my heart position of this is what you have given me, Thank you for giving me my daily bread. Thank you for meeting yes. my needs. Yes. And so I give this back to you in faith, mm -hmm. knowing that you will supply my every need That's right. for tomorrow. And as I steward what you have given me, so you will continue to add to me. Yeah. As I am faithful to you, you are faithful to me. It's so true. It's really a beautiful concept. And like, you know, I know we didn't want to spend every part of tonight breaking no. this down, but it's so good to come back to really as we start out the year to talk about tithing, to talk about giving, and it should never be grudgingly. It should never be out of necessity as the scriptures say in Second Corinthians. But then we have this whole concept of, you know, is being rich when when jesus is looking at the rich young ruler we make these doctrines and we make these things oh well that must mean we draw a conclusion that must mean it, it's wrong to be rich and be a follower of jesus and we really want to come against that tonight too and just explain if we go back to the passage in mark chapter 10 jesus is saying this one thing you lack and it was because this rich young ruler was bringing to him all of his goodness 
here's the proof of my righteousness, yes. Jesus. Right. But look how good my life is. Yes. Yeah. And he's saying, but still, still, you're lacking something here. And this is the thing. That's where the kingdom of God is. And, and as we talk about surrender, and as we take that beautiful picture that you laid out, that, that Pastor John really laid out for us of what it means for the camel to go through the eye of the needle, everybody can instantly grab a visual and say, okay, well, what baggage is on top of me that mm -hmm. I'm carrying in? What am I not actually surrendering? It doesn't just have to be finances. What is it that I'm holding on to in my life that is keeping me from real intimacy with Jesus? Amen, amen. And, and Zach brought that up and he mentioned uh, three particular areas. Oh yeah. Um, offenses, we hold on to offenses. Mm. Um, we can hold on to expectations. And, you know, expectations, I would say that's basically expecting God to move a certain way or because expectations weren't met in the past, then it, that becomes an offense. Yeah. Um, and then also just our past in general. So there, there are things in our past that we have a hard time um, letting go of. Hmm. Well, I think that's really important, breaking this down. And, and we'll get into that in just a moment. But coming back to that area of finances, as we as we start out this year, we really want to encourage you to be prayerful and considering how does the Lord want me to direct my giving this year? How is he expecting me to do that? And, you know, we're we're here on the breakdown talking about this. This isn't even what no. Pastor Zach necessarily was saying on Sunday. But, you know, God has called every one of us to a specific place. And we were talking about this privately. You know, only God knows exactly what he has for you. And so you had brought up, it doesn't, it doesn't mean when I get there someday, then I'll start giving. You no, know, we kind of live no. in this place. We, yeah. we live in this place of once I have reached this point, well, then I'll be able to give. Hey, if, if, if we haven't learned to give the mite, if we haven't learned to give the dime and the penny, that's why we have started young with our children teaching. If we haven't learned to give with that, we're not going to give the more because why? The biblical principle that he who is faithful in what is least will be faithful over much. Well, and that's the thing, going back to that particular that particular um, instance with the woman and the mites. Yeah. Um, there were people there who were bringing in large sums of money. Mm -hmm. They were bringing in large sums of money, but she gave the little that she had. So there is a sense that when we give, we are we are told that we should we should push our faith in our giving. Yes. And I remember uh, Zach and Ashley had Ron and Doreen Eaton on their on their show, and they, that's an excellent episode um, about in a personal testimony about giving. And oh, that yeah. really challenged me. Mm. That has really challenged me. It's so good. One of the things that we always grew up hearing is that you can't outgive God. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and when God finds you faithful in the area of your finances, then he can trust you with more. So as we move on now from this position of finances, I think that was a really good, you know, section to really, you know, jump on and park there for a few moments. What we want to kind of tackle now is as pastor bringing up these three areas of offense, expectations and our past. You know, offense, man, I can't tell you how much time um, we spend talking with people and hearing about offense, hurt, forgiveness. One of the biggest questions I've been hearing lately is, how do I actually forgive that person? How do I actually release that? And you know, unless you're faced with that question, I don't think many of us really think about the process by which <laughs> we're forgiving people. Um, and, and you know, it, we can't have baggage when we come to Jesus. 
we have to check it. If we can take your image and Pastor John's image of the camel trying to squeeze through that gate, the baggage has got to go and it's got to crawl in. Right, right. And, and, and I, want, I want to go in a little deeper on that idea of checking our baggage. Okay. When we say check our baggage to Jesus, we're not just saying, okay, I'm going to leave it here because Jesus, I can't have that when I go to Jesus. No, it's I literally check my baggage with Jesus saying, Jesus, I can't take this. Mm. You, you take this because you are the healer. You are the one who can speak truth into my life and help me figure out these situations, these, these regrets, these hurts, these angers that I can't, but yeah. they, are eating, they are eating away at me. And the hardest thing for me is to let go. But once you let go, he takes that. Mm. So checking our baggage is literally like you're not handing it to a flight <laughs> attendant. You are handing it to Jesus. Yeah. You know, when you said that, I instantly got this visual of when we check our baggage with the flight attendant or at the gate, we're actually expecting it back. Mm -hmm. That's what you're saying. Yes. When, when we check it with Jesus, we're not getting it back. We're checking it once and for all. And I think that is the point of starting forgiveness to recognize here's something really big because you know offense is is really it doesn't mean that we're not going to be offended it doesn't mean that we're not going to be hurt it's what we're doing in the process with that are we mulling on it are we meditating on it are we you know making it this bigger thing we actually have to come to the place where we say forgiveness is not acceptance boy i'll tell you this is so big. When I forgive you, when I release you, I'm not accepting and putting my stamp and God's stamp of approval on your sin and your hurt towards me. I'm saying I've been forgiven much, yeah. therefore I must forgive you in return. I must ask, and now I have to check that with Jesus and ask the Holy Spirit to give me the strength that I need to release that. Right, right. And he comes into our situations mm. and he brings his healing. And that's what we want. That's what we want. And, uh, you know, this concept of surrendering, it's we become poor in spirit that he might, you know, dump his his everlasting riches upon us. Yes. You know, it's it's this kingdom mindset of I'm storing up treasures in heaven. Mm -hmm. I don't. And if that means I have to, that means I have to, you know, get rid of things that I have in this life or, or, or put us or break down my pride in this life in order to receive that, then I'm going to do that yeah. because I want more of him. Mm -hmm. This, this world is temporary. Um, Francis Chan has this really great illustration where he has this like large rope. Oh yes. Like all the way out the, out the, out the door yeah. in the sanctuary. And he has like a little bit of like duct tape on the end <laughs> yeah. and he's like, this is your life, this little <laughs> inch right here, compared to forever. Yeah. And we have to approach life with that mindset that this time that I'm on earth in compared to eternity is really just 10 minutes. Hmm. So why am I making such a big deal about holding on to these things or, or wanting things in this 10 minutes to go my way where it could negatively impact uh, my eternity or my effectiveness for the kingdom. And that's where, to me, that's where forgiveness and, and anger, like suppressed anger, that's where it really comes down to is it makes it hard for you to be a good minister for Christ. And we've been talking about being a, a priest yeah. um, in the kingdom. How can I minister if I am bogged down mm -hmm. um, 
with hurts and regrets and angers that I have not allowed the truth of Christ so to come and shed its light and, and bring healing to. Mm. It's so good. And I, I just want to say to Luke with that, and that, that's really powerful. We have to remember that it doesn't mean it's not going to hurt to lay it down. It doesn't mean that choosing to forgive someone when they've wronged you, again, puts that stamp of approval. It means that you're recognizing that the blood of Jesus has to be enough to cover and cleanse all, including our sin. And I found, I found for me that the place of really hitting ultimate forgiveness with some of the hardest ones and hardest situations to forgive is when I saw my depravity, like Isaiah, yes. my righteousness is as filthy rags in your presence. When I really caught a hold, I got a hold of who Jesus was and what he did for me, then you know what? My sin, how can I hold my brother or sister's sin against the cross greater than mine when Jesus already forgave mine? Yeah. And that has to become a revelation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I was, I, I was reading about this um, when we hold on to anger mm -hmm. uh, and unforgiveness there is actually association it, there have been medical studies done where that actually has been associated with cancer mm -hmm. so you actually are harming your body um, by these things that occur in the spirit that's so good we'll have to really touch on that another time because it's yeah. so important we don't realize what bitterness what rot rotting our bones you know rottens yeah. the bones all yes. these different things you know we get to the next area here of expectations and you had some things that were stirring in you you know checking our expectations um and, and one of those i thought was great which is romantic relationships, romantic relationships. <laughs> yeah because that's that's one area when people come to jesus especially um if you come to jesus later in life yeah um you bring all of these other things that you accumulated in, in your life apart from Christ, um, which oftentimes are, rela are relationships. You know, they can be romantic relationships, friendships. And when you come to Christ, you have to allow his truth to help reorder those things. Yeah. The Holy Spirit comes into you, you start to feel convicted about certain things, and it can be uncomfortable. And that's how I think this plays out yeah. for a lot of people. Um, and then even for, you know, Christians in the church, um, dating can be tricky. Mm -hmm. um, there's, it's a smaller pool compared to what's out in the world. Um, and I've had, I've, had, I've had friends tell me like, oh, you know, you need to widen your net a little bit. Like your, your net is too small if you say like, she has to be like a, a committed Christian. Um, and, and like very serious about her faith. Wow. And so like there is this sense of, oh, maybe I need to adjust my expectations in order to meet my needs rather than, you know, it, it shows a lack of trust and faith. Yes. And it's scary because sometimes, you know, you might have to end certain friendships or, or, or they have to change. Yeah. Or, or you know, like if, if you're if you were living together before you became Christians and then now now you're Christians. Well, you know, the Bible clearly states that, you know, the, the intimacy of, 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 the sexu of sexual intercourse is for those who are married. Mm. So now you have to make that hard decision. Do I allow, do I surrender this to God? Yeah. Do I allow his truth to change this, even though this might be hard for me because our mm. finances have been intertwined. Oh yeah, our whole life. And now we have to find different houses. Yep. But it's, do, you, do we wanna honor God? Do we wanna allow him? to speak his truth and do we want our lives to reflect his order or not? Mm. 
That's so good, you know, and I just want to say too, for me, um, and I was younger, I understand, you know, especially working with young adults, I understand the difference, but you know, my, when my wife and I found each other, when the Lord brought us to one another, I have to say, and I'm not just being silly, but you know, I had a very small list of expectations. And I just have to say the Lord blew my list out of the water when he brought to me the woman that he had created. And so that is a, a great place of trust for us to say, God, I'm, I'm going to not look at the world standards. I'm not going to adjust my expectations to meet my needs. I'm going to trust that you have the person for me. We're not like, oh, the one. I mean, you have a person for me that will meet all of that and will be synced, will be united. Um, so that's awesome. Even in the area of parenting and trusting our children with the Lord, raising kids, whether you're raising young kids like me or, you know, whether you're, uh, you're, you have the, the older children who are gone astray or just trying to navigate life. That's another area of expectation um, that really has to be relinquished to the Lord. But the mm -hmm. final area in our final five minutes together, hard to believe, <laughs> so I know, in, in our final five minutes is this area of past, you know, over the past two weeks, Luke, We've been spending some time talking about authority and authority comes from identity. And if we haven't checked our past with Jesus, we're going to struggle with identity and therefore not have his authority. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's so important looking at letting go of the labels and the prejudice and the judgments that have been placed the on you. And me. The mistakes made yeah. everything. Yeah. Just letting it all go and entrusting the Lord because yep. he's really the only one who can take the ashes and turn them into beauty. Amen. Amen. And when, when I think of that, when I think about letting go of your past, the verse that I always, <laughs> that always comes to mind is in Philippians where Paul says, forgetting those things yes. which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press forward to the goal of the prize yes. of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And if there was someone who had to let go of his past, oh, yeah. it was the Apostle Paul. Mm -hmm. He literally was killing and, and Christians. Mm -hmm. He was sending them to their death. Yeah. And, you know, like, I know, like, I've had times where uh, I like I messed up like leading worship or I you know my words don't come out that great or or maybe I you know like I misquoted scripture or something and Satan has used that for mm. me to be like oh see you can't do this yeah because you're you know you don't sound that great um, someone else could do this better than you but I haven't killed Christians and so if the Paul if the Apostle Paul can let go of that and receive Christ's forgiveness and understand that he is authorized by Christ mm -hmm. to walk um, in the ministry that Christ has given him, then so can I. That's so good. And I don't have to hang on to my past. You really don't. And you know, past just doesn't have to mean failure. Past also can mean success. Paul goes to, to say, yes. you know, Hebrew Very of good. Hebrews, Pharisee of Pharisees, yes. you know, zealous, all these things, even these accolades, even these things that would set me out as successful as a Pharisee and a Hebrew, I would be, you know, esteemed among my culture, even those I'm willing to forget mm. for the excellence of knowing him in that upward call. So I, I really think it's so important if we come to, you know, thinking about what is it that I haven't checked recently? What, what am I actually not surrendering? It was a real powerful time of ministry in both services mm -hmm. on Sunday. And oh, I think yes. it's because we oh, want yes. to respond to yeah. that desire to answer that question of like, you know, what is keeping me from surrendering Right. Completely. Right. 
what am I what am I holding on to? And, you know, as we get ready to wind down tonight and, and you have the rest of your week before coming to church or going to the women's retreat or the Bible study, you know, be meditating on what is what is keeping me from surrendering completely, if anything. No, and I, and I think it's a it's a process like yeah. we were talking about because um, Satan doesn't want us to. Um, and it comes down to us really knowing the Holy Spirit's voice in our life, mm -hmm. really knowing the Word of God. Um, and Pastor Zach had a really good um, quote that I, I liked at the end of the second service. And he's like, you have to have those people in your life. We have to trust those around us um, who say, sorry, we can't let that on the plane. Mm. That's so good. And it, com it comes back to having a community, community. of believers around us. And I, I, I believe that, especially um, in this era that we live in with COVID and, and the isolation, um, Satan has really used that. And I've seen that with lots of people where there's a tendency to like, oh, I just, I'm, I don't have the emotional bandwidth to come out to see people, or mm. I'm just gonna stay home tonight, or even I don't need people. And yeah. I think Satan really does a lot by arousing an independent spirit. Mm. Because good, we good. need to be de we need to be dependent. Oh. We need to be dependent on, on on God, and then also recognize that we have a need yeah. to be in a community of believers. Oh, that is so important to speak those truth into uh, th that truth into us, and then to help us remove those those grave clothes. Yeah, I was just reading in the Proverbs this morning that the man who isolates himself seeks his own counsel. I mean, you know, so it's really important to make sure that yeah. we're not entertaining mm -hmm. that isolation. So yeah. we are coming down to really less than our final minute. Luke, you hit him with a couple quick questions and I'm gonna tell you where to go for some other resources here. So, um, you know, in terms of- Some uh, questions? Yeah. yeah, sure. So so when you reflect on uh, this message from this past week, really spend time in prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you um, what it is in your life that you need to let go of. Mm. Because remember, going back to the message, Jesus pointed to the man with love, and he said, this one thing that you lack, this one thing you lack. So we all have these areas that are unique to us, and so we have to go to the one who knows us the best, and that's, that's the Holy Spirit, that's yeah. Jesus Christ. So I challenge you to spend time in prayer, um, talk to your, to your family, talk to trusted Christians in your life who are going to speak that truth into you. Um, and really seek the guidance of God in this because mm -hmm. ultimately he's the one that's going to take um, what you're surrendering and he's going to continue to work in you to make you more like Christ and to he has good works and uh, plan for you and when he takes these this baggage from you he gives you gifts and it frees you up so that you can be um, a vessel of honor for his service um, in the body of believers that's awesome all right, so some homework for this week. Now, here's the thing. We understand that talking today, you know, whether it was about the tithing or the giving, finances and riches, or just about some of what we would call soul work, dealing with forgiveness and past and traumas and, for, and, and all the offenses, you know, we understand that that's going to bring up some stuff. And so we want to give you some resource. So here's what you can do. You can go onto the church website um, and you can just find the Freedom Center or you can email if you wanted to set up a meeting with a pastor, talk about tithing and finances or, or a financial counselor or if you wanted to seek out some what we do because we practice you know um, uh, we have a healing discipline we pursue 
healing as a discipline because we're doing that we have yielding we have deliverance and so there's some great options there to really help us all process and we'll tell you about that more in the future but go to go to our website look for the freedom center or just email freedom at hp dash like the hyphen cg.org that's freedom at hp dash cg.org and uh, that's really what we have time for on the breakdown today let's pray and then uh, we'll trust the Lord. Father, we thank you for the time that you've given us. And we just entrust the rest of this week to you. Uh, we thank you for the women's retreat that our, our ladies are going to be supernaturally blessed and come back refreshed. We thank you for the work that you're going to do on Sunday in the house. And we're just giving it all to you as you minister to us throughout the week. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. That's the breakdown. I'm Kurt. And I'm Luke. We'll see you next time. <laughs>